This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. You're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast, the official podcast of RaidersBeat.com. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. You're going to get everything I got. Everything I got. Give me everything you got. Do it for the man next to you. Let's go. Let's go, Raiders on three. One, two, three. Let's go get this. We talk about rebuilding, rebuilding. How do you rebuild? I don't think that Gruden came in to rebuild. I think he came to set his roster on fire. Raider Nation, what is going on? Welcome to episode 120, official podcast at RaidersBeat.com and proud member of the Blue Wire Podcasting Network. And this week, the Raiders are sitting in the same position they were last year. Six and four, feeling good. We felt great last year, right, Raider Nation? We felt like a playoff team. We felt like this team was going places that we didn't think that they could go. Well, this year's a little bit different. This year, we expected them to be in this position, right? And here they are, ready to go. A little bit more depth. A lot better offense. Still a little shaky defense. Still still some shaky items to this team. But there's a lot more advantages this year than there was in 2019. There's a lot to be excited about. Don't look at that loss last week. Don't look at that Sunday night football loss against the Chiefs. Yeah, something to look down on. Honestly, there's a lot of positives to take away from it with all the things that were going against us. There was a lot of things going against us. Let's be honest, Raider Nation. And we came out with all their bulletin board material that they had against us. Everything that they did to try and build momentum. Their Chiefs social media team, their fan base, everything trying to hype this thing up like it was do or die for the Kansas City Chiefs. And we held on and we took this thing down to the final 28 seconds. They won this game in the final 28 seconds. So, hey, you know what? I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good going one on one because there's going to be a third matchup and that's going to be in January. That's right. If the if the if the season ended right now, like I've said before, if the season ended right now, the Raiders and the Chiefs would be facing off in the wild card round. This episode is going to be action packed. I'm going to tell you that right off the bat. This action, this episode is absolutely loaded. I'm going to take this quick break. I'll be talking to Eddie, but then later on in the show, stick around because I'll be talking with Brittany Valenzuela Cohen, who's been working with the Raiders, who's been working with all these different media outlets. Um, And she's obviously still a Raiders fan. There's a lot of stuff going on here. So Raider Nation, like I said, we'll take this quick break. And when we come back, I will be talking with my guy who I talk to every single week at this time, NFL, Sirius XM's executive producer for their NFL radio station. My man, Eddie Borsili. Joining me now on our weekly segment, as usual, my guy, Eddie Borsili, executive producer of the NFL Sirius XM radio station. Eddie, how are we feeling? We're sitting at 6-4, and four, the same place we were sitting in 2019, hopefully a little bit more optimistic than a year ago. But Eddie, 
What are the thoughts? What are the feelings? How are we feeling right now in mid-November? Uh, Cody, what's up, man? It's always a pleasure to be with you, man. There's a lot of feelings going on, to be honest, right now. We got we got Thanksgiving this week, coming off a toe-to-toe battle with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And I got to just say, as a Raider fan and Raider fans that listen to this, isn't it just the worst to play Patrick Mahomes in the Kansas City Chiefs? You just, <laughs> you're sitting on the edge of your seat because you know he's going to get the ball back. You know you have to score in every possession. Look, there's a lot of emotions this week. It was an awesome game on Sunday night. The Raiders need more primetime games on Sunday night. I'm looking forward to going forward in this season, some games they should win, but a part of me is a little bit nervous. I'm not going to lie. Part of me wants to say that this is a different team, but we have to prove it. You have to go out and beat the Atlanta Falcons this week. Let's see if they can get it done. Yeah, we got to bounce back. We absolutely got to bounce back. And it's funny how you talk about uh, not wanting to play the Chiefs or not wanting to play Patrick Mahomes, but maybe, maybe this is what makes me a little crazy, Eddie. I don't know what it is. We could be absolutely getting demolished by the Chiefs for years. And it's still the one matchup that I look the most forward to. Raiders and no, Chiefs, right. especially yeah. primetime. But this year, dude, this year after beating them the first time, this week was like so, yeah. man, I don't even know. My emotions were like a roller coaster. I didn't know no, I, if we should beat them, if it should be a must win because of what was on the line. Because if we did beat them, it's like putting us to that point where it's like, we're going to the Super Bowl possibly, <laughs> yeah. right? But then, yeah, no, then you never know, hey, it could just be something simple as we don't need to win it. And now looking at the situation we're in, we didn't need to, but now we need to bounce back. I agree, dude. Look, I, I kinda, I'm kind of i not going to retract that statement. Dude, it was an all, what, what did the Raiders prove this year so far? The Raiders proved they can go toe-to-toe. Dude, they outscored the Kansas City Chiefs 71-67 and this year. They outscored the Chiefs. The Chiefs, and I talked about it on my podcast this week. Andy Reid went full John Gruden versus the Raiders this this week. Mm -hmm. Ball control, Mm -hmm. short yardage. It was using the passing game as an extension of the running game. You know why? To keep the ball away from the Raiders' offense. Andy Reid knew that the, that the Chiefs' defense could not stop the Raider offense at all. Oh, that feels good. Stopping, Can you say that again? Only, Andy Reid knows he couldn't, <laughs> and his defense couldn't stop the Raiders. I love it. The only thing that stopped the Raiders' offense was drops. Drops by Aguilar, the drops by Angle, the dropsies. And look, it happens. I get it. it it's not always going to be a piece of cake. But Andy Reid went full. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, everybody under the sun that puts up points on everybody, throwing a ball deep, reverted to a ball control game management style offense to keep yeah. the Raider offense off the field. If that's not the biggest pat in the back or, or you know, tip of the cap to a team, I don't know what is. So yeah. you're right, dude. This is this is this is not the same old. I, I hate playing against Patrick Mahomes because he keeps you on your toes. But again, more I think about it, I love it because they can go toe to toe. Dude, they were right there. We could be sitting here right now talking about, listen, this is the best team in the AFC if they beat the Kansas City Chiefs twice. And that was it was this close to happening. Yeah. And not only you're talking about the point differential, of course, if you could if you can somehow combine the two games that doesn't matter obviously in real football but if you can somehow combine the two games we win the point spread and not only just that i mean Derek carr outplayed patrick mahomes and although that doesn't completely matter whenever it comes to a full football season we'll see what happens whenever it comes january but that's something to get excited about now what's making a difference i think for this football team and something that made a huge difference for us this last week is I don't, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here I'm not gonna be the guy that blames it on COVID, but seeing a lot of those defensive players out, seeing what goes on, seeing the shift of how much pressure we were able to get on Patrick Mahomes the first time we played him to the second time to see how much they're able to gash us in the run game to the second time to seeing some miscues by Jonathan Abram because it wasn't a practice to see the difference of the run game even whenever the offensive line was out of practice you know a few weeks ago I'm gonna put a little bit of blame on that so looking at the injury report now. We get Corey Littleton back, and hopefully he was, you know, back at practice. Carrying. Wait, I, I gotta stop. I gotta stop you for one second. <laughs> no, hold one on. second. Here. <laughs> We're gonna go back to last week as we talked oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah. this. Look, Morrow made one big play in the game in that third down where he tipped the pass away from Tyreek Hill and got the Chiefs off the field. I give him credit. But this is what I'm talking about with Nicholas Morrow. You don't see, and maybe it's scheme. Maybe it's gone through putting him in a position to do different things. We didn't see him blitz. We didn't see him as that impact linebacker. I'm not saying Corey Littleton comes back and all of a sudden is, you know, Lawrence Taylor over the field because he probably won't be. But you saw Nicholas Morrow revert to that non, you didn't even know he was on that, on the field. I don't care. I still hope that Nicholas Morrow (laughs) 
was getting his pads carried by Corey Littleton today at practice. That's all I'm saying. Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> Corey Littleton is our guy. Corey Littleton, I will say it here on the day. But before, you, even the listen, tip, though, thanks. what else has Littleton done besides the tip? Like, or, or I'm saying better than the tip. He's going he, he's gonna to come back from COVID. He better he's gonna, come back. He's going to come back from COVID. He's going to be an even better player. He's going to be in the game. He is going to make a pick in a big spot. Okay. Or make a play in a big spot for this team going down the stretch in the playoffs or going into a playoffs. Okay. That's going to seal his fate in Raider Nation. You could you could put it on the board. I like that. And if he yes. does, I will, I mean, straight up, Paul, I will write you, you have a to get hand. a Corey Littleton jersey and hang it in that studio. Of yours. I was going to say I would handwrite a letter to you and apology. Um, who, who writes letters anymore, bro? I, you know, I'll send you an email and I will I'm CC. Not, I'm not Santa Claus. Come on. I will CC a random Corey Littleton Gmail, hoping it's his okay. as well as sending it to you. No Corey right now. It's C-O-R-Y. C-O-R-Y Littleton at gmail.com. <laughs> we're going to try it and see if it goes through. Now, not only him coming back, uh, the other guy that we're looking for and the guy that was probably most missed was, was Cleland Farrell and Cleland is a dude that's had a lot of criticism, but seeing the way the run game was going last week, I think 96 was very much missed. I agree. Look, this team, what, which stuck out to me from the chief game was the, the chunks of yards the chiefs were getting on first down Ugh, five it to 10 like yards. In, this, yeah. It seemed like they were in second and one or second and two, every single play. Ugh, makes what, me what, sick. Was, what was more concerning to me. And again, I talked about this earlier this week. They the defensive ends did such a poor job at setting the edge, yeah. setting the edge, keeping Mahomes in contain. And that's what ninety six does. Happened, yeah, that's what ninety six does. As much as as much as we want to criticize because he doesn't have the sack numbers and he's not Josh Allen and he's not getting this and he's not doing that, he does the things that you need. And maybe that's what Mayak was onto when he picked him with the number four pick, even though it's not a sexy thing to talk about. But we miss those type of things versus the Kansas City Chiefs. They impose their will on first down versus us. And any defense that's in a second and one, second and two type scenario is going to struggle against any offense, not to mention Patrick Holmes and those things. So I think they missed him. Look, I think it's still maybe a long shot that he might play this week. Hopefully he had mild symptoms. He can come back and make an impact. But I think it goes to show Raider Nation how important he is to this defense, even though the defense is much maligned and it takes criticism from time to time. And he takes criticism from time to time. He serves a purpose. He is very good in the run game. The Raiders were really good versus the run early in the season. And they locked it versus the Kansas city chiefs and Clyde Edwards, Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell ran all over them. And it showed. Let me tell you, I don't know if you just heard that little thump about five seconds ago. But this fly landed right on the top of my computer screen. I flicked it <laughs> right off the top, slammed him into my wall about three feet away. I've never been more proud about something. Like, it's that's Spidey senses, I feel like, right there. Yeah, now, we got to take the wins where we can get them. Let me tell you, Eddie, I've never been so happy about something right now, just sitting <laughs> in the studio. Um, buzzing through the rest of the injury report. Obviously, there's one thing I want to hit on that I'm really excited about. But um, one is... Jalen Richard coming back, practicing limited. Damon Arnett didn't practice today with an illness. That's something to keep track of. Just see how he does. I still expect him to play. That shouldn't change the status. Mohurst coming back, practicing in full. That's awesome. Alec Ingold still limited. So that kind of makes me feel like those couple drops that he had, maybe he's not feeling completely himself. And it's all it takes is a little bit. I mean, you're affecting your core. I mean, I, yeah. I understand you're not looking at, you know, you, you, you see leg injuries. You think about how they're going to run. You see. Um, arm and hand injuries. You think about how they're going to catch or block or do all the, you know, everything about football. What you forget about is those core injuries right there in the center of your body, feeling like throwing you a little bit the off. Two, so the two drops he had. Look, let's get by Dingle and oh, that one. Yeah, the the one, the one. For, he had two drops. The one up the sideline was a really, really tough catch. Should he have caught yeah. it? Prob probably. In most cases, he probably does. Yeah. The one into the flat was a really bad drop. Yeah. I'm not going to fault Alec Ingold. Broken ribs. You see Drew Brees right now now playing with broken ribs. Yeah. Ingold is toughing through it. We want him on the field because he's a leader and, and stuff like that. I, I'm not going to fault him for, for those type of things. I'm going to fault Aguilar for, for bigger drops and yeah. bigger spots. Yeah. But like you said, like he's playing. Ingold is playing through it. He's showing you what toughness is all about. This team kind of needs that uh, kind of stuff going forward. Yeah. I want to talk about the Falcons in just a second. But the one thing that I'm really excited about, Eddie, is – Colton Miller, after missing those yes. couple weeks of practice, coming back on Wednesday and practicing in full. 
that makes me feel good about left tackle being shored up. And honestly, right now, Brandon Parker being the only offensive lineman not allowing a quarterback pressure last week. Let's go. He, I mean, he's pulling like that Tom Cable type story. Like we, we, we bash on him. We don't even want him on the football team. And here he is filling in like a stud. Tom Cable, if it wasn't for Tom Cable, Brandon Parker would have been cut two years ago. Yeah. That's the truth. Tom Cable was the only person in that organization beating the drum for, for Brandon Parker. I've talked to Tom Cable. Tom Cable loves Brandon Parker. And at first, you're like, what do you see? What do you see? But two things. Tom Cable should be up for assistant coach of the year. I'm sorry. You ooh, really should. Ooh, what I'll he, take it. What, I like it. For what he's done with this offensive line, for the injuries they've sustained, your highest price... You want to say best offensive lineman hasn't played the entire year in Trent Brown. Richie Incognito's gone down. You've, you've played guys. You had the COVID situation where they didn't practice all week and you still went out there. You've had hit after hit after hit. And all he's done is plug guys in there and they've done a good job. So Colton Miller, you get your due. Everybody wanted the Raiders to draft Mike McGlinchey. Mike McGlinchey is getting blown <laughs> off his feet with the San Francisco 49ers. Thank you, Rod Colton- Woodson. Yeah, exactly. Cole Miller. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cole, Cole Miller, for all his struggles, is as solid as they come at the left tackle spot. And then Richie Incognito missing the season. Look, we, we feel bad for Richie. He was born to be a Raider. I didn't know if Richie Incognito deserved to get his job back. He almost got Wally Pitt by Denzel Good. Yeah. If Richie Incognito was supposed to come back, Denzel Good was playing so well. How could you move him from the interior? The interior, we talk about it every week, Cody. Yeah. The interior of the Raider offensive line is so good right now pardon my pun but it's so good right now with hudson gabe and denzel good how do you change what's going on and brandon parker has been such john gruden in a press conference today said everybody go get a parker jersey so that's the yeah. i don't want to go into too big of a tangent here but if he continues to play this well and we don't know if trent will be back maybe parker plays the last six games trent brown might not be a raider after the season trent yeah. brown and his big ass contract might be gone after the season, and you plug Brandon Parker in there and and move on and take the cap space and spend it somewhere else. So there's there's a lot of stories that go on that offensive line that have a lot to do with the here and now and a lot to do with the future. Let me tell you, you extend Brandon Parker, you extend Denzel Good, who's playing on a one year contract, you extend Nelson Aguilar, who's playing on a one year contract. It wouldn't even be the same. It wouldn't even be as much money as Trent's making right now. And now you extend Derek Carr as well, Eddie. Uh, we got, we got a few okay. minutes left. We're not going to get into that right now. That's that's another episode. That's another that's a that's an individual episode. Yes. Now jumping over to the other side of the ball, Dante Fowler coming back from the hamstring injury, getting off of um, whatever the, is IR. Julio Jones. Oh, Still, oh, oh, it was COVID, but he's yeah, still he dealing with a hamstring injury as well, right? Yeah, he was on the COVID list for a while too. So oh, interesting to see. I think he should play probably in yep. a limited fashion. Um, and Julio Jones, you know how his injuries are, um, uh, dealing with hamstring and Todd Gurley not practicing with his old man knee, who is probably on his last few years of decent football. Um, this Falcons team, they got a few key guys kind of beat up. But I would say that this these two football teams are looking pretty even on the injury report. Now, Eddie, keys to bounce back. I got a couple minutes here. I want to knock them out. What does it take for this Las Vegas Raiders team to keep their heads on straight and to in six and six and four? We saw what happened last year in 2019. What do we do this year to make it different and get into the playoffs? The key this week is to just continue the dominance on the road. This team is four and one on the road. This team is taking care of business on the road. The Falcons have the, if if it wasn't for the Seattle Seahawks, given up almost 400 yards per game in the air, the the Atlanta Falcons are right behind them as 31 in the league, giving up passing yards. This Falcon defense is an albatross. It's terrible. They can't get to the quarterback, especially with Dante Fowler missing time. They give up big plays. Now they have been better since Raheem Morris has taken over and Dan Quinn's been fired, but this Falcons defense is just not good. The Raiders are going to be playing on a fast track. So what do you do? You do exactly what you've done on the road all season long. You go there, you establish the run, you take your shots when you can. The Falcons have the same thing that the Raiders have. They have a young secondary with a lot of guys that take chances. So you don't have to do anything different than you did. Do same game plan that you've had versus the Chiefs, same game plan you've had all season long. Take your shots where you have them, establish the run game, and bully this team. There's no reason you can't score 35-plus on this football team. It's the same conversation we have year in and year out. Don't play down to the competition. Yes, the Falcons are a three and seven football team, 
but they, they're probably not as bad as that, that record indicates, but you still should go in there and take care of business. This team, this Atlanta Falcons team cannot stop you on offense. You could do exactly what you want on offense. There's no reason to stub your toe versus team. Stamp it, double stamp it, triple stamp it. Um, dumb. I love that movie, Dumb and Dumber. Anyways, Eddie, <laughs> I appreciate you jumping on with me every single week, week in and week out, bringing the heat. Um, real quick as we wrap up, where can the listeners find your podcast? Yards per attempt. You can find it on everywhere you stream your podcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you want. Please subscribe, favorite it, anything you want. Try to get it out there every week. So yards per attempt. It is very apropos in this year, isn't it, Cody? (laughs) Yards per attempt is the name of my podcast. Derek is throwing the ball all over the field, vilified as our quarterback. But I'd say you turn the tables. You turn the tables right there. I mean, you all turn the tables, tables, bro. The the picture of a car from Sunday Night Football with the mad face taking on the world was was all I needed to know. But they got to take care of business versus the Falcons. Yeah. And got to take care of business versus the Jets because we all know what happened right (sighs) now. Uh, yes, but happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yards per attempt. Go subscribe and listen. Appreciate everybody out there. Eddie, good stuff, man. Talk to you soon. See you, Cody. Always a pleasure, man. Always a pleasure talking to my guy, Eddie Borsili. And pretty soon we're going to be talking to Brittany ahead uh, again of our week. What is this now? Like week 12 matchup, right? So we're going to be heading to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Um, and first, I want to tell you, Raider Nation, BlackSundayShop.com is having a huge sale right now on a lot of their gear. They have a lot of new gear that just dropped. Um, I just, I mean, I got to package myself. This Black Sunday stuff is second to none. Please, if I can tell you one thing, if I can convince you one thing, all I'm going to say is visit their site. You won't be disappointed. What you see is what you get. And honestly, what you get is even better than what you see. And they have 25% off all their new designs that just dropped this week. 50 to 70% off all the rest. They're clearing their shelves out. So get on there before all your sizes are gone. I got a bunch of cool shirts, man. They're selling for like seven or eight bucks each, and I love them all. Bunch of cool designs. So go check out blacksundayshop.com. No promo code needed. They're just doing cool stuff and hit me up and wanted me to share the good news. And I'll tell you what, I'm loving it just as much. So, like I said, we'll be talking to Brittany Valenzuela Cohen next. But first, we're going to be taking this quick break provided by Blue Wire. Um, And then when we return, you know, we'll be getting more into some Las Vegas Raiders talk. So be right back. Twenty twenty has already shaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks to the lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. And I'll tell you what, for me, I'm on the edge of my couch every single day watching Derek Carr throw deep passes, absolutely excelling as the MVP candidate, and Josh Jacobs blowing over defenders. So Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through your game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. So, Pepsi made for football watching go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from pepsi so there it is the six and four las vegas raiders 
are getting ready to face off and travel over to Atlanta to take on the Falcons and bounce back and see what we can make out of this season. Because you know what they say, you got to lose four games to go 12-4. and four. So it's time for us to go on the streak and get crazy. So I'm going to take a little step back, actually, from the crazy football talk. Um, and when we come back, I'm going to be talking to something that I highly respect in the same industry that I'm doing a little bit. I'm, a, I'm kind of an amateur, but for Brittany here, she's a pro. So be right back. So joining me now is Brittany Valenzuela Cohen, an Emmy Award winning creative producer, also, you know, former Oakland Raiders employee, but still a Raiders fan. You can check her work out at BrittanyCohen.com. But Brittany, joining me right now in the peak of the season, the six and four Raiders, you have a lot going on yourself. You're very involved with the sports world. How are you doing right now in mid-November? Ooh, um, I'm doing well. I think for, you know, everything that's going on, I I think all of us are kind of on the same page as far as yeah. what's going on right now. I think it's just kind of rolling with the punches and, you know, I think it's just, it's super crazy. We have a lot of games. I work for the Pac-12 network. So a lot of games getting canceled and just kind of figuring out what we're going to do next and go yeah. from there. Oh, it is absolutely. You got to roll with the punches. You never know what's going to be thrown at you in 2020. And what's funny is, um, it's actually my wife that brought it up. She's like, so how many of y'all are saying uh, 2021 is going to be my year? Because that's what we all said last year and we saw how that went for us. So we can't, we can't be saying that no more. Now, uh, Brittany, you have, you've got a pretty good resume of uh, companies and brands that you've worked for. Um, like I said earlier, including the Raiders. And of course that's the audience that we're talking to right now. And I'm sure some of your other favorite teams now talk to me just about the different relationships uh, that you've made along the way and, and how it's grown you in your business. Um, you know, I've been very blessed with the people I've come across throughout my, at least working experience in college. I kind of got the whole, you should change your, so my major is broadcast journalism in college. And it was kind of like, you're too social to be in broadcast journalism. You should switch to PR. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't know. I want to work in TV Yeah. yeah. Um, or, you know, whatever Avenue that is right now it's social or what have you. Um, but as I kind of moved on, I, I just am a people person. So establishing relationships was just like something I'm passionate about. I, I love, love it. Well, like this, like we're here right now. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what helped me a lot throughout my journey. Um, when I graduated, I had like most people had no idea what I wanted to do, like not even the slightest clue. Um, and actually at the time my aunt lived in LA and she's like, move here. Why not? Let's go. So I picked up and moved to LA and I applied to so many sports jobs in LA and I probably applied to 40. Um, and I got one interview and I'm not kidding. When I say he called me and told me on an interview, I still actually talked to my former boss and I'm like had no idea what the job was because I had applied <laughs> so many jobs and I ended up getting a game operations and entertainment role for the Los Angeles Kings um which was hard for me because I was a Sharks fan yeah um, and then I was also working for a culture and marketing firm for Rebel and um that was the entertainment LA side it was more of like the bougie scene side yeah. of Red Bull. so it was like a pot like private listening concerts like the first concert I worked when I was um at Red Bull it was a private listening concert so it's like they pick their favorite song and they play it for the audience to get it in a commercial or whatever it is um and I walk in and I basically am in charge of our bar and my I sit at like inside the house and it was Childish Gambino walks in and it was kind of when he wasn't super famous um and he was on the community and that's how gotcha. I knew I didn't know him as a singer, but, um, so between working that job and working the King's job, I kind of just started realizing like sports are my people. Like those are where my people are. Yeah. It's fun. It's lax. It's the environment I want to be in. Um, it's thinking on your feet and my boss there, um, he actually ended up passing away, but so he was the director of game entertainment there and he used to work for the Warriors. Gotcha. I think 
he doesn't, I don't think he ever knew it. Like I sent him a few thank you emails, but ended up having to move back home to the Bay Area. And that's when I got my second job for the Raiders. Um, that's why I ended up moving back to the Bay. Um, and I got that job with the Raiders. And um, uh, yeah, I think that he's kind of the person that kind of kickstarted my career into sports. Um, and that's when I realized like I wanted to work in TV. Yeah, that's so awesome to find those people that kickstarted things and got things moving and made you feel confident yourself and kind of, you know, just got you stepped in, got your foot through in the industry. Now, uh, I didn't know this. So you're talking a second job with the Raiders. Like I said, this is the targeted audience. I, I love what you've done uh, for yourself, you know, just from a career standpoint. Now, talk to me about working for the Silver and Black. What did you do whenever you first had your foot through the door? And then what did you do the second time that you came back uh, working for your favorite football team? So I, when I think back on it, I think about how much I've grown as a person just in general. Um, That's awesome. I was born and raised a Raider fan, like no, if, ands or buts, like you're a Raider fan period. Like there was at one point a few years ago, I told my dad, I was interviewing for the Niners and he was like, so do you want to be in the will or (laughs) I was like, like, isn't it supposed to be whoever cuts the checks? Like I could be, But so my first job with the Raiders, I was working um, premium seat services, I think was the title of that job. My bosses were amazing. Like I can't say enough about them. Um, And I basically was in charge of the suites and I would walk around and work the suites in, you know, make sure they had everything they needed. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't have the best experience there. Um, Working that position, I dealt with a lot of intoxicated fans no were- raiders fans intoxicated no way no you're saying they came from the parking lot like they're already drinking there's no way raiders fans drinking and smoking in the parking there's no way i don't believe you i i would need to see proof firsthand that there are raiders fans that came in intoxicated yeah it was so my boss is like we're gonna have to move her so i ended up being like in charge of dispatch so i like was running around the whole stadium and like I said, I'm a big Raider fan. So I'm like, I don't like running around and not being able to see what's going on. I need to be, <laughs> That's like that. Yeah. I need to be actually doing something bigger, something more. So when I worked at game, so then that's when I moved to LA. So I worked the first job in college or right. Yeah. I was in college and then I moved to LA and then I had the game entertainment position. And then I moved back to the Bay and got the game entertainment position for the Raiders. Um, and it, it's just something I'm passionate about. Um, I think as a fan and being raised as a fan, like I wanted to be able to give that experience to other people. Yeah. That makes, like that's the reason I still, like I still am full-time at the Pac-12 network, but I still work game operations and entertainment for the Warriors. Because that's cool. It's like, I, you know, my, my mom was kind of the same way and it's when you have something going on, my outlet is sports. Um, if I have yes. something I'm like, let's go to a game. And not a lot of people are like that. They're kind of like, what? You should stay home and be upset. And I'm like, no, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to go to this yeah. game. Unplug. <laughs> the rest out later. Yeah. Um, and I just, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is like being able to give that outlet to other, other people. And, um, it, it was amazing. Like it was, it was fun and it was cool. You know, basically we're in charge of the, the entertainment before the game. So the people holding the flag, the national anthem singer, the halftime entertainment, um, and then the post-game photos. Um, so yeah, yeah it was fun. It's a lot of running around and working, but it's, it's, you're more interacting with the entertainment of the game and the fans. Yeah. I like that. I'm glad we connected now because you have the same mentality. Just you apply it to multiple fan bases and everybody, it doesn't matter who they're cheering for. You want them to have the same experience. See for me, I only want Raiders fans to have that experience. I want to torture all the other fan bases. <laughs> I get that. I get that. I was also in charge of the t-shirt gun when I worked there. Oh, dream has, job. Uh, yeah. My family has uh, season tickets, my aunt, uncle in the third deck. And I was known as the t-shirt girl, like their whole section. That is funny. When I went up there and she'd be like, this is my niece. And I'm like, oh yeah, that was me. Cause they put us on the jumbotron, like shooting. Yeah. So, so then be honest with me, whenever you saw people that you knew and you knew where they sat, did you ever purposely shoot the t-shirt can in their way? Um, yes, <laughs> that's a yes. <laughs> probably 
shows is is you have the people who are like give me the t-shirt and you're like this is a triple extra large t-shirt <laughs> it doesn't matter nobody cares it could be a youth extra small and they're gonna want it that's you're like give me the like heckling me as i'm standing there i'm like oh my god this is i'm sorry i only have two left like yeah. Just be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I only say that because my sister-in-law was a cheerleader for Fresno State, and they would do their pizza thing sometimes, and they go run up in the stands, and let me just say a couple times, we got ourselves a pizza. I'm just going to say. <laughs> and is that when the seats were full at Fresno State? That was when the seats were full, yes. <laughs> oh, man, Fresno State games are so much fun. I mean, not quite like a Raider game, but I will tell you, Brittany, this is good. This is a lot better conversation I don't want to say, I don't know offense, you know, better than I expected. Like you're, you're such a fan. Like normally I talk to people in the industry and they're not, they're not about that. They're usually just about the profession and it's really cool for you to have that mentality as a fan. But I want to know just a little bit more maybe about you as a person. And I warned you that I'm gonna hit you with something wild. And I want to know, right. you know, I like to find a little bit out about my guests because these questions are the most important. So I don't know, these things pop in my head randomly as I do it. So I might be guilty of this thing myself. So let's say you pulled up to a drive-thru anywhere. Uh, what's your favorite fast food? Like if you go through a drive-thru, where are you going? I guess In-N-Out. Okay. Well, I like you even more now. So say you go through the In-N-Out drive-thru and you got to dig out some change. Say you need like 20 cents in change, right? So you go and you dig out a couple dimes out of your cup holder. And we are, we're all guilty of this. They're, they're a little sticky. They're a little sticky down there in the cup holder. You pull them out and they're real sticky. Are you the type of person that wants to sit there and try and clean them real quick? Or are you the type that wants to hand them some sticky nickels and say, ah, money's money. What do you do? Listen, I keep my car very clean. So no so sticky change. I have sticky change. Oh, okay. Well, this. No, but hmm. if I did, I would probably clean it because I would feel, it would, I would probably think about it all day. How, how weird <laughs> <it felt. laughs> Wow, I really just played that girl. Let me just say, I handed like 30 cents and change to somebody in the drive-thru the other day. And I literally said that in my head. Yeah. Money's money. They'll take it. They, I mean, they wouldn't hand it back, would they? Do they have gloves on? No, uh, uh, no, actually, but they have the big shield. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, big shield mask. No gloves, actually. I, actually, I haven't seen anybody in our drive-through here in Central California with gloves on. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Maybe I should ask them that instead. Yeah, why aren't you wearing any gloves? Why aren't you wearing any gloves? Here's my sticky quarters. <laughs> <laughs> You're paying me enough to have this conversation. <laughs> So, like I said, you were not be you're, you would not be able to prepare for that topic. So, the last thing I want to talk about to wrap this thing up is talking about the Raiders themselves. Um, you said you're a fan, you know, you're a big Raiders fan, and I want to know just about the football team moving from where you're located. I know you're you're very proud of your San Francisco, your Bay Area. You love your area, and I my heart broke for the local fans that went to every game. Um, or was very invested in the silver and black. And I, I would understand it for me. I'm three and a half hours away. So they moved to five hours away and it's not a big change for me. But if, if they were 15 to 30 minutes away from where I lived, I'd be a lot more hurt than I was. So take me through your emotions and how you felt from then leaving Oakland to Las Vegas. Ooh. Um, I feel like that's such a loaded question. It is. Bitter. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely on the side of the bitter fan. Um, I think it's, I think it is mainly because, you know, I have to go throw it back. Like my mom was a really big Raider fan. Um, my mom and dad had season tickets when they were in high school. So they gotcha. grew up started dating in middle school. They had season tickets. Granted, that was when they were in LA. So they had season, they would drive down to LA and, um, my mom and dad, then, you know, my brother and I were born and we got, they had two season tickets for Oakland and they were the first people in line. Um, we got our name on the little shindig outside. Whatever yeah. it's called. Um, and it's just hard. Like Oakland is home to me. Like mm -hmm. Oakland is, it's the Raiders. Like I walk up to a stadium and you hear like B40 and people are just, yeah. it's just like, going dumb. Oh, yes. It's like, I can't really explain it if you're you're not like a Bay Area person, but there's just like I've always said this because I've granted I've only lived in LA, but I've gone to LA and I love LA. But there's something about the Bay that is just like the people are so dope and it's genuine. a vibe, yeah. Yeah, and you can just walk around and people are just like I've been to games in the South. I've been and it's just there's nowhere like Oakland. Mm -hmm. Period. And my family lives in Vegas. 
So I'm happy for them, but I'm a hundred percent the type of girl that will wake up on a Sunday and be like, let's go to a game. And yeah. it would be 30 minutes before and I'm going. And I did that or friends will call me like we have tickets or whatever it is. Um, you know, a few of my friends played um, a few years, two years ago. So it, it was, so first of all, that's another story in itself, but <laughs> um, it, it's just hard. Like, I think that it's just, you know, them moving, it was just like another nail, like in the heart. You were like, yeah. oh, gosh, like, really? Is that, sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on here. It don't um, matter. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> my family does live there. So I'm very happy for them. My family, my uncle is like a ride or die Raider fan. He pulls up when the fans come in there and he's, or the, the players come and leave, go anywhere. He's there, That's awesome. You know, and he'll like send us photos, like saw Tom Brady pulling, you know, he's just like a good <laughs> And in general, yeah. Um, so I'm happy for them to be able to have that, but at the same time, it's just like I'm so bitter, and it sucks because I'm like, so what? Now I have what? I just have to go to a Niner game? Yeah. I, I'm in Vegas, like you know, it's it's difficult. It's very difficult for me, and I think that's why my fandom is a little bit like I'm a little bit hold, like held back this year. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm a little salty. I'm a little salty. It's hard because you can't see the transition yet, right? There's there's not enough in Vegas right now to prove that the that the uh what's the word I'm looking for that the culture followed, yeah. right? Because that's that's what we all want, even for me. Because I mean, my my I as a little baby was wearing Los Angeles Raiders gear, so I could say I guess I grew up a Los Angeles Raiders fan, but it never like implanted it in my heart until I was tailgating in Oakland. And yeah. that's what made even like my wife, I take my wife to Raiders games. She has a closet full of Oakland parking lot t-shirts. And like, there's nothing more that she loves than <laughs> those guys that come up and like, Hey, you want a t-shirt? And she's like, Hey, you got a small, extra small, cool, whatever. I'll take it 20 bucks, whatever it takes chains, everything. So that's like, I converted her from a Rams fan because of that Oakland vibe. And she loved it. She was there. Um, I was there for actually, you know, the, I guess real, the last real battle of the Bay, right? It was Colin Kaepernick with the, the 49ers in the seal Moore competition and seal Moore's like going dumb on the field. He's like getting all crazy crowds going nuts. Um, and then my wife was actually there in 2017. Yeah. 2017. Yes. When Marshawn Lynch came over is like week three and as the jets, um, and, and he, he's just going crazy on the sideline for like five minutes. Yeah. He's just like, actually like going dumb. Like that's what everybody in the stadium would do. And nobody did that until Marshawn was there. And it felt just like, Hey, it's a vibe. Like, and now it's a vibe on the field. The sideline has it. It's feeling great. Now, will we get that in Vegas? I think a little bit, it's cool to see some of the attitude with some of the players, but I want to see the, how the fan base reacts. I want to see how, whenever there's a traveling team, like, you know, the, I mean, the Packers have a strong fan base. The, the Chiefs showed up to an empty stadium. Good for them. They flexed on an empty stadium. Good for them. Uh, it, it, what happens whenever there's a good winning team and a strong fan base, even like the Steelers? We've seen terrible towels all over even Oakland. Like, they're pretty brave fans. What happens in Oakland, in Vegas? Do they take over Vegas? I want to see that. I, I want the fan base to show up and show out still before I'm all the way bought into Vegas being like, wham, we're, we're the home of the Raiders. Yeah, I think – also something interesting to think about is okay so I don't want to compare the, the, them to hockey but the Knights and it's very different obviously because they kind of got lucky I don't know if the term lucky is correct but within with the draft they got some amazing players yeah really good right off right from the jump they're really good right so of course fans are going to come out for those games and represent this team that's brand new it's like why not um, so the Raiders are different because, you know, obviously they're moving from a different city, yeah. but I, I do worry, like I've gone to a ton of Niner games and the fan, it's like when they weren't doing well, the difference between the Raiders and the Niners is when the Raiders <laughs> weren't doing well, I personally yeah. felt fans were still there. Yes. And packed. Andrew Walter could be there when we're one and seven and we're still packing out Mount Davis. It does not matter. <laughs> We, we, we still have fans there and I would go to Niner games and it was, you know, cause one of my friends, the same friend that was on the Raiders w would play against the Niners and we would go to his games when they played. And I'll never forget. There was a woman who told me to sit down and I was so mad. Like, <laughs> Bro, move. There's thousands of seats here. Like we're, yeah. here. we're at an NFL football game, you know, and that sit so down. 
Oh, yeah, please. I think the issue is that, right, like the Niners sold a lot of their tickets. I don't really know specifically, but to yeah. a lot of corporations and companies bought them, Google, what have you, it's Silicon Valley. I totally understand, whatever. But it changes the fandom, right? Yeah. Um, so that's what I'm worried about for Vegas. Like, are all these hotels going to buy tickets for xyz or are these like companies or corporations going to buy tickets like that so they then go to a, a person a fan of whatever team that's there and doesn't care about the raiders so that yeah. changes the whole stadium aspect of it so you know i do think that there's going to be a good portion of raider fans there because we're represented throughout yeah. like there are usually raider i mean i feel like there are raider fans everywhere we travel um, well to away games so i imagine we'd be able to travel just that little bit i mean we're mainly based out of california still so yeah yeah so and that's the only thing that worries me is like no no shade to the niners but i don't want to turn out to our stadium to be like like all of a sudden they started winning and it was like their stadium's back i'm like oh okay y'all yeah 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 but um, <laughs> but I, I that's the only thing i'm worried about so yeah, I don't, we'll see what happens. It's, it is a weird year because like you said, I don't think it's fully clicked in my head that they're in Vegas because we can't even go to games. Yeah. 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 You know? So I think once we're allowed to, it's really going to hit me like, Whoa, I really can't wake up and go to see my favorite team play, you know? Uh, yeah. And what I was saying, I was saying something about my friend earlier. What was I wanted? To, oh, the other aspect of it being like growing up being a fan is like two of my good guy friends from college ended up playing for the Raiders. And I think that oh, was that's like, cool. It was weird. It was like, <laughs> it, you know, you grow up watching this team and I feel like it, it grounded me. Like I'm a fan, but I'm also, I love the NFL. I yeah. love football and like working for the team. Like it, it grounds you. And I was going to sit when I was younger, I would talk shit to people and say ignorant thing. Not, I was just wild. And you're like, like me, I was yelling and like, loose <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're at in and out i'm like yelling at this guy my dad's like i'm like 12 my dad's <laughs> he can wear a niner jersey I'm yeah, like, yeah. Niners suck, which probably wasn't even true at the time it but, doesn't matter though it doesn't yeah, matter <laughs> it's in my blood i'm sorry but so as i've gotten older it's it's been like you know i've seen my really good friends go out and be good athletes and accomplish big things for themselves so it's grounded me and, and made me feel less of a fan but also like seeing my friends go out and play for a team that i was like born and raised watching it's very cool it's like wow you know like one good for them because you know they're doing amazing and they're yeah. on another team which is hard um and staying on one um but to see you know my friends on something that like i've cared so deeply about is pretty pretty dope in itself yeah it's cool to get that like you get the extra respect for the players and what they're doing in the game but I'm still in that mental mindset, like how you were whenever you said you were 12. That's me. I'm still 12-year-old Brittany whenever I see other fans. Even after we lost, we lost to the Chiefs. And it was not even, I would say, not even an hour and a half or two hours after the game, after I cleaned up all my equipment at Stage Door Casino, I go back, I stand at the link. We're hanging out, I'm waiting. Um, my wife and her family were changing out their shoes or something up at their room. And we're sitting down and waiting there in the lobby. And this uh, this Chiefs fan and, and his girl come walking by. And they're like, hey, he's or it's him. He's like, hey, better luck next time. I'm like, yeah, next time. You mean like January? And he's like starting to walk away. He turns around. He's all, January? I say, yeah, I'll see you in January. Like I started talking crap to him. He's like, you don't even know what January football is. Here we go again. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was just it just started spinning back around. And that's what that's what's fun. The the fan rivalry. I live for it. Do I do I take it to a personal level? Yeah, I crack some jokes here and there. It's, you know, no big deal. But um it's it's all bigger than football and it's cool to have like that just wide range of football fans and people that love the game getting together and just enjoying football. And honestly, through 2020, I don't care if we can be there or not, but just being able to experience just a little bit secondhand. Um, is exactly what we need just for, you know, I mean, it's a little therapeutic. Now, Brittany, to wrap this thing up, I want to know about the team on the field. Um, obviously, you kind of have just you have your location issues right now, right? Where, where they're at. But once a Raider, always a Raider. You support the Raider brand. It's in your blood. You're bleeding silver and black. I can see it. Since I started talking to you, it's been changing. The color of your video feed has been changing to silver and black. It's, it's coming out. It's coming out. Now, the, the, from the field standpoint, the talent, what's going on? 
Derek Carr coming back, playing, I think, in my opinion, better than 2016, having young studs like Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, Max Crosby, John Gruden back on the sideline, Mike Mayock, a TV personality, bringing his awesome family, seeing his wife, his daughters, everybody loving the team, Mark Davis being able to kind of, I don't want to say resurrect a brand, uh, but taking it that was really shaky the last few years, even though Vegas is kind of weird in a way to you still, it's cool to see them put them in a city that, in my opinion, can, however it goes the next few years, take over the NFL as an NFL city. Seeing everything that's going on around the Raiders, and they're already historic. They're already a, a historic brand. Like you don't need to do much more to it, but they're very close to being even better. May I say, America's team? I don't know. I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go that far. I don't want to be Cowboys fans here. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to be Cowboys fans. hey we're close and i feel like we're playing good we're six and four product on the field Brittany, is this a playoff football team how do you feel about us um i think that we have the hardest part of our schedule behind us yeah i think that it is a playoff team um but i I also am weird with the Raiders because I will also bury teams in general. Like I'm an all Oakland fan yeah. and uh, it, I'm used to being let down. So I try to keep <laughs> my hopes to a minimum. Where yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Sometimes I say like, Oh, they're going to lose this game because I'm like, well then <laughs> <laughs> they might win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I do think, I really do think that they are. I think that Derek Carr is having one of the best seasons he's ever had. I also think we finally have good receivers. I do. I do think um, the continuing thing is our defense. (laughs) (laughs) So you're trying to tell me, hold on a second. You're trying to tell me that Raiders fans are intoxicated and our defense isn't that great. (laughs) What? Oh yeah. I mean, not like, I I mean, I can't play any better, so I can't sit here and talk crap about him. You can a little bit though. Go ahead. (laughs) About this season too, is you add in everything with COVID and, at the end of the day, like, I think that that's a bigger, it's like, we play well, but you also have to be smart and you have to have the discipline and the resilience to know that something might happen. Like, yeah. you know, we saw with this last week, everything that happened with COVID and our players didn't practice. I mean, we saw it happen very well for us. Like mm-hmm. we played very well, considering a lot of our players were out because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they ended up playing obviously, but um, I think that, that is going to be a big play in the rest of the season. I think, especially with, you know, spikes going up. I think, I think that that's a bigger, I think that part of it needs to be talked about a little bit more as opposed to than just the product on the field. Cause yeah. like, okay, we can play as well as we want to, we can execute and whatever, but if we're not taking care of ourselves, we're not wearing our mask. If we're not being diligent about the things that we need to be to stay safe and healthy, then yeah. how are we going to win? You yeah. know, how are we, stay healthy how you know so i think that that's a really really big thing this year for us yeah there's a there's um oh shoot that is a loaded topic right there honestly because i feel like um myself that's how i felt right after the chiefs game seeing everything that we were able to do against the chiefs knowing that Derek's playing at i mean we win 12 games this year if we honestly if we can win the next six games and we go i mean just kind of like little bonkers and we finished 12 and four. Derek's an MVP candidate. If Josh Jacobs continues on the path that he's doing, he could be offensive player of the year. You see these things happening for our offense, being a top five offense almost all across the board, scoring on teams that weren't supposed to be this easy to score on. I mean, we took down the Saints. They've been like this roller coaster ride ever since we took them down on Monday night. Um, mm-hmm. Able to take down the Chiefs the way we are. The offense looks great. But for the defense, it's time for them to get consistent. And my key to that was staying off the COVID list. How are you going to get consistent if you can't practice five days that week? Even Jonathan Abram, I'm seeing that now. And I'm not even going to blame necessarily his his mental mistake on the field. That The, yeah. the final play of this week, whenever he kind of he blew his coverage, he came up and he came up underneath, and that was why Tra- Travis Kelsey was wide open in the end zone for the game-winning touchdown. I'm not going to blame it on, on his mental mistake. I'm going to blame it on the week before just because he couldn't social distance, just because he couldn't properly do the things in his other teammates, his other defensive teammates, not being able to do the proper things, getting around somebody, someone testing positive. Hey, I mean, if you test positive, I'm not going to blame it on you. It happens. But go the extra step now. 
be extra precautious and don't put yourself in that situation because Jonathan Abram, I'm not looking at the mental mistake on the field. I'm looking at the mental mistakes from the team and what was going on there beforehand to even put your guys, you know, all of your defense in that situation in the first place. Yeah. I like it's, it's, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. I think COVID is hard because you can go to target and get it and not even know. Yeah. But at the same time, you taking the necessary precautions to not be in the situation. Yeah. Like you said, is like the biggest, the biggest thing for this year. Um, and you know, mistakes like that happen. And I think with Patrick Mahomes, you're like, okay, you know, <laughs> you gotta be on your A game. I mean, it's hard. I, I see you right now. You're biting your tongue. You don't want to see too much about Patrick Mahomes, but yeah, he's yeah. good. Yeah, no, he's great. He's great. So I, I think that that happens and he's going to learn from it. You know, that's the thing about good players and he's a good player and he talks that talk. So, you know, <laughs> walk the walk and then you know, we'll, we'll have something more to talk about. But I think, I think with players like that, you're like, okay, so now, now that that's happened early enough, you know, granted it's the middle of the season. It's okay. Yeah. You know, we still have a lot of game games left to play where it's like, okay, don't make that again. Yeah. We won't, <laughs> we won't have to do it. Yeah. Here I am dealing with this fly again. I'm like, I'm so close to honestly, just like flicking the crap out of it, honestly. But yeah. So I'm, I'm optimistic, but yeah, I'm definitely still bitter. So it's, a weird, <laughs> it's, a stage. it's a weird stage. I can't figure it out. I'm just kind of rolling with it. I'm like, it is what it is. You You'll know? get there. We're going to get you to a Vegas uh, party and a, and a Vegas tailgate. You're going to hang out with us and you're going to see Bay area Raider nation still representing LA Raider nation representing. You're going to see now an outlet. And this is what's cool is I'm meeting so many people from all across the country because guess what? The easiest place to fly to Probably in the world is Las Vegas. Honestly, they make their flights so cheap because you know what you're going to do. You're going to go there. You're going to spend your money. You're going to gamble your money. You're going to do whatever you possibly can uh, to go nuts in Las Vegas. So I think greater nation as a nation is going to show up more than ever. Um, But Brittany, I appreciate you joining me in a conversation here um, about your career and the Las Vegas, formerly Oakland Raiders, as you like to probably still call them. What do you, uh, my listeners, where do they find your content? Um, where, I mean, honestly, obviously you're not, you know, just putting things out as an independent content producer. You're all over the map. So let's say someone flips on a channel, where do they see your stuff or what social media platform do they find it? Um, so, well, my Instagram is Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y underscore Cohen, C-O-H-E-N three. Um, and that's the same as my Twitter and my website is www.brittanyrcohen.com. Um, and you, if you do have the Pac-12 network, which I hope you do, yeah, uh, you can see my content air throughout all of our live broadcasts. So I produce content that airs throughout the games and cool. yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. So Brittany, like I said, thanks for joining me and, uh, good luck on your sports journey in your uh, future and go Raiders, right? Yeah, go Oakland Raiders. Thank you for having me. <laughs> See you later. We'll talk soon. And there you have it. That's going to do it for this absolutely loaded episode 120. Headed into, I, I'm pretty sure it's week 12, right? I'm just, I guess, making this up in my head. What? Yeah, 10 games. Well, yeah, got to buy. Yeah, okay, week 12. We're, we're on the same page. Raider Nation, it's time to get excited. We're going on the road. We're on the road for a couple games now, I think so. So, Man, it is time to make right of the wrongs we did in 2019 and in 2020 we got to get we got to we got to pick ourselves back up. We got to keep things going. We got to bounce back. We need to be ready for the playoffs. Ooh, playoffs. The word playoffs gets me excited. So, Raider Nation, if you're listening to this now, hit up Brittany Cohen at Brittany underscore Cohen three. Tell her something on Twitter. Say go Raider Nation or something. I don't know. Get her all fired up. Drop into the ratings and reviews on your favorite podcast platform, most likely Apple Podcast. Leave a rating and review. It would be much appreciated. So, the 6-4 and four Las Vegas Raiders and New Elaine. I can't say this enough. Time to get fired up. Derek Carr is playing at an MVP caliber level. Josh Jacobs is the man we expected him to be. And hopefully the next time we talk... We're seven and four. So Raider Nation, see you guys in a few days. Later.